Morning, Rabbi Welcome to Breakfast on the Class. Breakfast on the Class today is dedicated to, in loving honor of Aviva Lipschitz, Aviva Shira Bat Rezov Avram, by our husband Rafi Lipschitz, as well. Also, Lilun Ishmat, loving memory, Moshe Ben Mordechai Lava Shalom, by his granddaughter, Devorah Radford, is also in dedicated to Fuashilimav Ariel Ben Amena by Shiva Barzilai. And in uh, loving memory of Adele Bibi, Alea Shalom Lunishmat, Adele Bat Victoria, sponsored by her son, David Bibi. Also in, a, in memory of Adele Bat Victoria, by Allison and Ricky Sutton. Please make Berachot Lilunishmata. Uh, also, Lilui Nishmat, loving memory of Alan Rosenberg, Alava Shalom, Yehuda Ben Lorraine by Gail and Sammy Dweck, as well, loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safra, whose philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world, and also sponsored by Norman Greenberg, dedicated in honor of his wife, Tziona, um, and the wonderful miracle that they are celebrating, the celebration of the birth of their daughter, Gladys. Otherwise, in Hebrew, we named her today Simcha. Beautiful, Hazaku Baruch. Of course, if you need t-shirts or sweatshirts from, from her, we have merchants and swag that you can buy at capacityforgood.com. <laughs> Just see what I did there. Okay, let's get cracking. My friends, I want to learn a lesson from a strange place, if that's okay. A lesson from a strange place. Our Torah tells us that Paro manages to, in some ways, outlast Moshe. Right? Moshe's smashing him down. Dam, Tzifadea, Kinim, Arov, Deveh. Unbelievable. One if every time he gets knocked down, what does Paro do? Bounces right back. And you think to yourself, this is a very, very impressive man, Paro. Who has this kind of staying power, right? Who's capable of withstanding this kind of pain without morphine and uh, uh, Valium and any other sort of drug to make the guy forget his anxiety, forget his problems, forget his pain, forget his pressures? How's he managing to survive? And the Pasuk tells us something very interesting. It tells us, And I have also hardened Paro's heart. Numerous times we find this idea that Hashem hardened Paro's heart and Paro does not let the Jews go. And the famous question that's asked is, what does this mean, Hashem hardens Paro's heart? You know, the fundamental principle upon which all of Judaism rests is the idea that a person has the free will to be able to make choices for themselves. If they are choosing for themselves, they can be rewarded or punished for those choices. The minute God hardens Paro's heart, how could God then continue to punish Paro for refusing to let the Jewish people out when the reason why Paro didn't let the Jewish people out is because Hashem, you hardened his heart. What's the answer to that question? I'm sure many of you have good answers to that question. There's many answers to it. Anyone over there have an answer? Excellent. Famous answer, Paro was already that way anyway. Paro said, no, 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 no. So Hashem continued the same streak. Now, let's just for one second parse that together. Well, if he was going to give a no anyway, God doesn't need to harden his heart. The fact that God had to harden his heart at numerous occasions illustrates that sans hardening of the heart, 
what would have happened? Paro would have capitulated. That means that in that moment, what are we looking at? Paro's decision or Hashem's decision? Hashem's decision. So then we're back where we started. How could God punish Paro for not doing what Hashem didn't really let him do? This question, like I said, has many answers. But I'd like to share one answer based on, uh, what's your name? What Kalman is sharing for us. It's a very uh, name, very Halabi name. Kalman, all the people in Halab have that name. Okay. Well, thank you for bringing, I think, maybe the first Kalman to the Beit Knesset. Fantastic. Okay? My friends, listen to what Kalman, the Heilige Yid, is telling us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he hardens Paro's heart, what is he doing? He's not telling Paro what to do. He's not forcing Paro what to do. He's enabling Paro to do what he really wants to do. So in essence, actually, we have the question backwards. Let's say God is beating up on Paro. He puts him in the headlock. Remember back in the day, WWE, the guy climbs up on the side post, dives on the guy from on top, elbows him in the neck, okay? Remember those days, right? When you thought it was real as a child, you're like, how are these people surviving this? Hits him with a chair, throws him out of the ring. Unbelievable. Paro is being killed by God. Imagine Paro said, let them go. Would that have been a free will choice? We're asking the question the wrong way. God hardened Paro's heart. Where's Paro's free will? Forget that. God beats the living daylights out of Paro. Paro says yes. Where's the free will in that? The answer is, God gives Paro a heart hard enough to withstand the reason being the pain, the reason being the torture, the reason being the anxiety, and Paro, numb to what's going on, is actually able to do what he wants to do deep down without external influences. Is that clear? Now, although you might think, you might think me a pedant, you might think I'm trying to figure out some pasuk relating to paro, dealing with the philosophical ramifications of having or not having free will. But those of you who know me know that that's not what I do. I'd like to share, my friends, that this lesson of paro is something that should give every person in this room and every person listening online incredible chizuk. Uh, an amazing shot in the arm. Not of COVID vaccine, not of Ozempic, but of adrenaline. Just for one second, can I give a public service announcement? Could we leave Ozempic for people who have diabetes? There's not enough Ozempic for people who have diabetes. I don't care if you went from a 34 to a 32 waist. Could someone who's going to die without it have Ozempic, please? I'll compliment. I'll tell you you look thin even without it, okay? Let's make a deal. We'll save that guy's life, and I'll make you feel better about skinny yard. Okay. <laughs> we just lost a lot of followers. <laughs> okay, my friends. Listen to this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does that to us too. 
You had something terrible happen to you in your life. And oftentimes, we are reactive human beings, and what do we do? We do what the pain tells us to do. I'll give you an example of this. There's a strange halakha that a woman who gives birth, we have a yoledet, so it's on our mind. A yoledet has to bring korbanot. We have some very righteous people here. Maybe they can tell us. Which korbanot? Is a korbanot tzarich yoledet lavi? Ola. Vigam? Chatat. She brings ola, why? The baby. She brings a chatat. Answers the Gemara. Why should a yoledet bring a chatat? What sin did she do? She brought a Jewish life into the world. That's a sin. It's the biggest mitzvah in the world. Why does she bring korban chatat? Huh? Maybe. During the pregnancy, the pain of childhood is so great, she said, Get me the epidural! And Ozempic, Get me the epidural! I need this to be over. I swear I'm not going to have any more children. I swear I'm not going to be with my husband anymore. So since she made a Shibu'ah that we want her now to undo, and that Shibu'ah, she's not going to live with that Shibu'ah, and it's a sin to swear. By the way, you should just know this. Even to swear and then to undo the Shibu'ah is also a problem. person's not supposed to swear at all, even if they're going to do Atarat Nedarim. That's why we say in the end of the Amidah, on the high holidays, Really, I did all these mistakes. And what should I say? I should stand here and say to you, God, But I'm afraid. Because I am of flesh and blood. And the Yetzirah is of fire, of passion, of passionate fire. And therefore, I'm nervous that he's going to trick me. He's going to tempt me. And I'm going to make a mistake. And then, I will have added a sin onto my sin. Because I would have sworn not to do something that I then did. So even in the moment of Teshuvah, when our lives hang in the balance, when we're trying to convince God that He should take us back, give us a new year, still we won't make an edder that we might then break. That we might then undo with Hatarat Nedarim. We don't want to make an edder. That's how powerful it is to promise something and not keep it. So please make sure you keep your, all your promises, your Nedarim, your Nedavot, every... Mitzvah tzedakah, you said you're going to give to the shul or to a bet knesset or to a, to a tzedakah. Very important. If a person has outstanding things, not to keep them outstanding but to pay their dues because that is the halakha of My friends, my friends, listen to this. That means that in that moment when she promises not to do it, she did something wrong. Sometimes, why, why are we letting the woman off the hook for her neder? Because what does the woman say? That wasn't me talking. That was my pain talking. And it's not just pregnant ladies. When you say something nasty to your wife, something cutting, something hurtful, who's talking? The person who stood under the chuppah and said, I do? The person who buys her jewelry, the person who loves her, the person who buys her flowers, who compliments her on how she looks? person who never answers, does this dress make me look fat? My friends, right? That's not you. Who's talking? The pain is talking. Oftentimes the pain that wasn't inflicted by her. The pain at work. The pain of a friend that made fun of you. 
the pain of the fact that you didn't get the kavod and beknesset that you feel like you deserve. So you bring that home and you pour it out on who? On who's available. A lot of times the pain is talking. When a person is angry and doesn't want to uh, do the things that they used to do for religion because they're angry at God. Who's talking? The pain's talking. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what does he give Paro? He gives Paro a gift. It's a gift that, unfortunately, when you unwrap it, it kind of punches you in the face. You know that gift that used to have the thing that pops out with the, you know, the, right? You open the thing, boom, the nut, the sketch nuts they used to, right? That's the gift that Paro gets, by the way. It punches him in the face. But it's the greatest gift in the world. Is there any greater gift in the world than allowing a person to do what they want to do, to not be influenced by something else, by something external, by something painful, by something difficult? My friends, that's the greatest gift in the world. That's what God gives Paro. Our rabbis have a teaching that says, Gedola, or Gedola, uh, greater. Midat tova miruba. God in His goodness is far greater than God in His punishing, because God doesn't want to punish. God sometimes has to punish, but God wants to give. So Midat tova miruba, God's goodness is far outweighs, 500 times outweighs His, punish, his punishment, His deen. My friends, if God could give Paro a hardened heart, if God could make Paro impervious to pain, if God could make Paro strong enough to do what he wants to do, even though it's so painful, he's losing his country, and he's losing his people, and he's losing his dignity, he's losing everything. But God could give someone the strength of heart, of character to stay true to who he is, don't you think God could give that to you? Sometimes we bless a person. I want to start a new beracha. He who blessed Paro with a hard enough heart to do, to be megale, to fulfill his innermost desires. He should bless me with that heart. A heart hard enough not to deal, not to bend, because something hard came my way. Something difficult, something expensive. What if you could be the father that you wanted to be, and your parnasa problems did not stop you from being kind? Because your heart, maybe it wasn't hard, but maybe it was strong. You see, if you think those two words are different, look in the pasuk. It talks about anihichbadti, but it also says vayechazek Hashem et lev paro. I don't know what a strong heartbeat is. We have a, a, a medical person over here, right? Right, strong heartbeat. What is it? One twenty over uh, one twenty over eighty. So our blood pressure. That's is that an indication of how strong the heart is? No, it is. Right, it's pumping. One twenty over ninety. 90? Just 90. I don't know what he's saying, but 90 is the number to go with. He's saying 90 is wearing a mask. It's hard to hear. <laughs> Just so we don't get sued, no medical advice that's given on this podcast. <laughs> it was secondhand through a mask. So, My friends, the heart, when it's strong, it can survive. It can heal. 
It could send agents of healing through the bloodstream to places. It can solve trauma by sending blood to a specific location that's suffering from an injury. That's what a strong heart does. It finds the parts of the body that are in pain, and through inflammation it sends healing to that part of the body. My friends, I bless myself and I bless you with this blessing of Paro. To have a heart strong enough to do the right thing, the, ro- the thing that you deep down want to do, even if they're... And, and I think perhaps that this is a great barometer for a person to figure out what the right thing to do is. Is when they start asking themselves, what is pulling me in this direction? Is it internal or is it external? Is it temporary or is it long-lasting? For a little bit of pleasure, am I willing to throw away something that I'm going to have to live with after that moment disappears? It feels good when you lose your temper and you're in a bad mood. People don't, we don't like to talk about that. But you feel better when you explode it at someone. You know what the problem is? That moment of feeling good is fantastic. And then what? And then you're stuck with the mess you just made. And the feeling that felt, that release of tension, because you screamed at somebody, that you felt good for one second, right? They told you something and you had the best line ever. And you made the person feel like two cents. He walks out, everyone in the room is giving you high fives. You know what? You now have to work with that guy. Hazak Baruch. You just made the debt your workplace an uncomfortable place to be for the foreseeable future. Hazak Baruch. Well done. Internal or external? Where are my pressures coming from? Lasting or fleeting? And then sometimes when external pressures and fleeting things are uh, acting on me as outside influences, pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and ask Him. Say Hashem, Purify my heart so that the service that I serve you with, it's a true service. Let not, let not my Averot come from a difficult place, but also let my Mitzvot come from the right place. When a person is living that life, then they're bulletproof. Then no matter what comes their way, they're strong enough to withstand. They're strong enough to remain the wonderful, kind, dedicated, moral, ethical person that they are in a no-pressure situation, even with great pressure brought to bear on them from all sides. May Hashem bless us with the courage of a lion. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. 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 Amen